So we've been uh, in a, our new series, Gifted, for the new year. Um, we've been learning uh, uh, in general about what uh, God's doing with gifts. Uh, the first thing is that God is, uh, as you just heard, he, use, he gives us gifts so that we can build up the church. Uh, the gifts um, are, are for making the church strong, healthy. Um, it's for making us uh, change each other, transform each other. That's the second thing. They're not for me. Whatever gift you have, it's not for you. It's for the people next to you. It's for you to use those gifts to bless and challenge and change the people around you. And so we've looked at a couple. We've looked at, um, we look, last week we did prophecy. That was kind of interesting, uh, kind of fun. Um, today we're going to be doing uh, ministry, service. Uh, but before we do, let's take a look at the beginning of our theme passage. And I just want to highlight uh, one, one bit. For by the grace given to me, this is Paul to the church in Rome, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think, but be reasonable. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ. Individually, and individually, we're members of one another. And so we're, we're not doing this for ourselves, we're doing it for each other. We belong to each other, and God's building up the church. But one of the things about being gifted or having talent or thinking that you have talent is that you might start to think that you're pretty great. Maybe even a little greater than you actually are. Uh, one of the things is human beings, uh, we, we, are, we are terrible at self-awareness. That's something that we... And, and if there's one character on, on TV that, that totally embodies, like the ultimate example of this, it's, uh, it's Michael Scott uh, of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. If you've uh, seen this show, uh, he, he, on the first season... He decides that he's going to play basketball, um, and, and he talks this huge game. It's going to be the office workers versus the warehouse workers. They're a paper company. Uh, and he, he's telling the warehouse workers, you guys, you're going down. We're going to destroy you. We're, just because we wear you know, a tie to work doesn't mean that we don't know how to ball. And then he gets on the court, and it's immediately clear that he's never played basketball before in his life, and he's awful. And so he takes the basketball and, and his, he just chucks it at the, at, the, uh, at the hoop. That right there is an example of people being completely unaware of who we are and what we really are gifted at. Or maybe we've got this gift, but we think it's way better than it actually is. Uh, when Paul says, according to the faith appointed to us or assigned to us by God, I think what he's saying is, is that God has given us uh, the ability to, to, in faith, see who we are. See who we really are. And if we miss that, if we don't use that, we're going to start thinking we're the best and the person next to us is not. I think the, probably my favorite example of a, you know, a sports star who, who gets this right is Steph Curry. Um, he's right now in the middle of the, the worst shooting slump of his career. He's only shooting 38% from three this year. Um, and, and he was asked about it. And he's like, yeah, I got to do better. Like, I'm, I'm not a superhero. I'm a human being, and it comes down to practice and work. This is the guy who owns the three-point record right now when he's 33. He's probably going to play for another five years, and he already owns it. He's the greatest of all time. And yet he measures that. He, he keeps that in proportion to the fact that he's still human. 
And so he has a, a good reasonable assessment of who he is. So when you're deciding, you're like, wow, this is a gift that I've got. Um, that it can go two ways, right? You can, go, you can either like, go the Michael Scott route and overestimate yourself, um, or you can kind of go the Steph route and recognize that this is your gift and you're using it for the church, but you're just, just another person. And so the first thing in your note sheets, um, we're, don't, don't, uh, don't think that these gifts uh, are making you Superman. They're not. Um, don't let them become a source of, of unearned pride. And even worse, some people look at their gifts and they, they think, I'm terrible, I'm no good at this, uh, my gifts are bad, or I'm bad at them, and they become ashamed of themselves. Don't do it. Either one of those things. Instead, be reasonable, recognize that you have a gift that you're, or many gifts that you're using to bless the church, and go with that. And so let's look at today's gift. Um, this is uh, the second part of that passage. Uh, Paul says we've all got different gifts. Um, uh, we, we, some people have prophecy. We talked about that. Um, the encourager. We talked about that in our first week. But today, ministry in service. You might have a gift for ministry. Uh, minister is an odd word in English because we tend to think of the minister as the leader guy. Um, you know, and so if there's a minister here, it'd be like Doug or, or me. But that's not what the word means, right? Minister just means to deploy aid, to, 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 to give something to somebody who needs it. And so ministers are, are just people who are servants. They just, they just do what they see needs to be done. They just serve. They just help. Uh, usually don't even have to ask them. They, 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 they jump in. Little tidbit for you. Uh, does anyone know what uh, the Hebrew word for angel is. Ma- malak malachim. Yeah, malak malachim. Do, does anyone know what that word means? It doesn't mean angel, surprisingly. It actually, it doesn't. It, you know what it means? It means helper. It means aid or messenger. Uh, so in the Old Testament, there, the, when, they, when God talks about uh, divine beings, I got a picture of Gabriel here. This is exactly what Gabriel looks like. Um, when, when God describes uh, angels, he's not describing wings. He's describing uh, the people or the, the beings that help him get stuff done. The Old Testament envisions God in the heavenly throne room. God's the king. And God, you know, issues decrees and says, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Who gets it done? His divine aids, which we've come to think of as angels and in popular you know, they got wings or swords or whatever. I mean, we've, the, the angel thing, we've gone kind of away from Scripture in a, in a lot of cases because really what they're there for, God created them to just get the stuff done. God's like, we need, these people need to be fed. The angels go and they help them farm or whatever. God says these people need to hear the message of, of repentance. And the angels go, they take the message. They're just helpers. They're just servants. And what that means is, if you are the type of person who just loves to help, you're our angel. You're an angel in the church. That's the, the first thing on your note sheet, or second thing on your note sheet. Um, ministers or servants, you're our angels. And you're the ones who get whatever needs to be done, done. And so you're my favorite people in the church. And the rest of you, I'm just tolerating Uh, you might, if you don't know, if you don't know whether this is you, uh, here's, here's a, an inventory. I know who you are as angels. I can point to all, well, most of the angels here. I, I know you because 
I see what you do. Uh, but if you're, you're, you're not sure, um, here, here's, a, here's a kind of a, a, an inventory. Ask yourself these questions. If the answer is yes, you are an angel. Do you find joy in sacrificing your own desires to see something get done for God? For me, that's a hard no. I do it from time to time because I should. I think, it's, I think God wants that to get done, and so I, I'm willing, for the most part, uh, to, to... But it's not something where like, I hear, hey, Tom, you're going to have to deprive yourself of stuff that you want in order to serve the Lord. I'm like, oh, sweet. But some of you, some of you are like, man, nothing charges me up more than seeing God's kingdom advance. And I don't care what I got to do to do it. Do, you, do your ears perk up when you hear about a need? Usually it's a, it's a physical need or it's just something needs to get done. Some, some dishes need to get washed. Some dirt needs to get shoveled. Uh, the lights, Keegan, Keegan on lights, everyone. Way to go, bud. Nobody thought you had any purpose, but we were wrong. Proud of you, man. Uh, Keegan was like, oh, I get to play with the lights? Sign me up! That's cool, man. That's really cool. Like, that's, that's a big deal. The lights, you know, you can't see without them, right? Uh, it, it could be anything, really. Uh, it's just when you recognize that there's something going on, there's a need that gets, needs to get met, and you're just like, oh, I could do that. Do you mind working outside of the limelight? It's a big one. Um, a lot of people just have a real need to get acknowledged, right? Uh, a lot of people really covet and crave that, that, hey, you did it, good job, an attaboy type of thing. But there's a lot of you out there who actually can't stand that. The last thing you want is for me to point at you and say, you're an angel in this church, thank you. Nate, you're an angel in this church, thank you. Air Bear. Can I borrow your phone? <laughs> I got to call God and tell him he's missing one of his angels. <laughs> they hate that. They can't stand being called out because they're very comfortable working outside of the, they don't want to be in the limelight. They just want to see God's work get done. Do you delight in being part of something bigger than yourself? When we talk about building the church, right, when we sing in that song, uh, does that excite you? You might be an angel. The idea that, that, that we're coming together and God's bringing us together to, to, to do a work, to, to make things different, to change, that, if, that, if that stokes you up, you might be an angel. Being an angel is not all fun and roses and, and happiness. There's some dangers if you're an angel. And Jesus probably points out the biggest one in the story of Mary and Martha. Let's, let's read it really quick. This is from Luke 10. So as Jesus and his disciples, they went on their way, uh, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. That's awesome. Hospitality, that is a huge angel gift. 
Martha's like, oh, th- this is a teacher, maybe the son of God, who knows, but I want him to be with, with. And so when she welcomes him in, she's doing hospitality, and she does it right. When you invite me over to home, your home, I expect it to be very clean. I want to be waited on. I want to enjoy myself. And Martha gets that. Her sister no, does not. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listened to what he was saying. Oh, she's so lazy. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? Get her butt off the floor and let her help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Right now, you need one thing. Mary's chosen the better part, and that will not be taken from her. Aaron's an angel, so uh, today I took a picture of our, our family calendar. So we could. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, that's not it. That's from Google. That's a Google image search. Uh, but, but I could imagine if she really wanted to. And I know some of you actually do have calendars like this, and a lot of you are really proud of it. You're like, look how much stuff I get done. It's a danger, though. You see, Martha, she, yeah, dude, she was a great hostess. She crushed it. Jesus and his followers had a great time. They were blown away. But because she was helping, serving, because she was focusing on angeling as hard as she could, she missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime to sit at the feet of the Lord and hear him teach. Angels, you have a problem. You love saying yes. You love it so much you never say no. And sometimes that causes you to miss out on your spiritual health and growth. Angels, you need to practice this. You need to practice saying no. You need to say no a lot more. When I ask you, you say yes. But anyone else, you say no. In, in moderation, of course, because the whole point is, like, if we're going to be building up the church, part of that is not just, you know, getting everything done. But part of it is us growing together, right? Like, it's us worshiping together. It's like, it's us, it's us being together, transforming each other. It's us learning from each other, spending time getting into Scripture together. Like, that's, that, and, if, and, and you can miss that entirely if you say yes too much. But here's something about angels. Angels have a special place in the way God does things. There's a reason God has given uh, the gift of angels to, to you and to us. And it's not just so that we get stuff done, although that's awesome. There's something really powerful, really... Um, well, let's, 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 let's look at another text. Uh, there's a, there's a, a time where Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and uh, J- uh, James and John, sons of thunder, uh, their mom comes to Jesus and is like, hey, when you, you know, finally get your kingdom going, can my boys be on your right and your left? Can they be the, the top, the chiefs, the, the, the big guys? 
And Jesus is like, <laughs> you have no idea what you're asking. He asks them, he's like, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? He's talking about dying. They have no idea. And they're like, oh, yes, Lord, we'll drink it. And Jesus is like, yep, you will. And then the other disciples are mad. They're like, how come James and John get to be on the right and the left? We want to be at the top. We've been following you around doing this stuff. When, when, when the kingdom happens, we want to be, you know, governors or something cool. And Jesus called them and said, hey, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high-ranking f- officials are tyrants over them. Uh, that's my translation. Uh, the word there is, is um, well, it's NRSV, but I agree with it. Uh, there's a, there's a real emphasis on what it means to be at the top in the world. If you're at the top in the world, you, you, you're a tyrant. You make the little people's lives horrible. If you're, if you're like the best at it, people will love you for it. It's true. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. That guy is at the top. You know, and people love him. I love, I love Tom Brady. I used to hate the guy. Now I'm like, do it again, man. Uh, yesterday, Olivia's like, why is he the goat? I was like, brace yourself, honey. He's 44. That's four years older than me. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. Not only is he 40, he's old, four years older than me, still playing professional football at the highest level, won seven you know, championships, What's funny about Tom Brady is that guy does whatever he wants, and everyone's like, man, it's great. Like, his buddy Gronk has had, like, 30 concussions. His brain is broken. So he retired from football. Tom Brady's like, hey, I'm going to go play for the Bucks. Come out of retirement. Gronk's like, you got it, sir. And we're all like, oh, Tom Brady, you're the best. Tom Brady walks around like a god. And when he, he does, he, he, people serve him constantly, and he loves it, and he should. That's great. I, wouldn't that be awesome? The mean one is the Glenn Close from uh, Devil Wears Prada. You've seen that movie. She plays an Anna Wintour type uh, fashion icon, and she's absolutely the devil because she takes the power, she takes the prestige of being at the top of Vogue or whatever magazine she makes, and she makes everyone else's life hell as they're trying to serve her and do things for her. And if they get the latte wrong, they're fired. Jesus says, you know that that's what being at the top is in the world. But let me tell you what being the top is in my kingdom. And so he goes on. If you want to be great, you must first be a servant. If you want to be first, if you want to be at my right or my left, you must be a slave. Just as I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. In worldly terms, it's it's probably impossible for us to imagine someone more glorious than Tom Brady. I mean, that guy, he's playing, I promise you, he's playing in an hour. He'll be home by then, I promise. Hard to know what to do here. I'm a Rams fan, but it would be kind of cool to see him do like do an eight. That'd be awesome. Uh, but he's like he's, he's the pinnacle of glory. He's at the top. 
And Jesus says, in my kingdom, if you want to be, if you want to have the pinnacle of glory, if you want to be at the top, well, what do you have to do? You have to, to be like me. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And Jesus does things like he washes their feet. Um, and he's obviously a servant to all the people he comes into contact with. Uh, feeding, healing, um, exercising demons, all those things. But the thing that Jesus does most is he radically transforms what we think or should think that glory is. Paul gets this. Um, this, is a, this is from Galatians, um, this quote. Paul says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, by whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world. Angels, what Jesus says about you is he says, listen, the world thinks that glory is this. The world thinks that power is this. The world thinks that being at the top is this. I will show you what being at the top is. It is me being tortured to death for blasphemy and sedition so that I may forgive the sins of the world and bring the life of God to people. That is the ultimate glory. That is the top. That is, there, there is nothing more glorious in the life of humanity, in the life of God, than when God gives God's self to the world on the cross and dies that we might have life and freedom and forgiveness. That's it. That's, that's the shining example. That, that, that's the goat. And what that means, angels, is that you, in the image of the goat, you are assigned to the world. You are assigned to the world what glory actually looks like. You are assigned to the world what future glory will always be. You are assigned to the church that it's not being at, you know, the leader guy saying stuff. It's not the, the, the cool worship pastor. How cool is Doug? Like a nine out of ten. That's not it. That's not what glory is. That's not where the, 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 the life of God is. No, the life of God is when you're in, in there scrubbing, the, scrubbing the, the, the dishes after everyone's already left and no one sees it. At God's most glorious, he was ignored, ashamed, humiliated, and left alone to die. That is the height of his glory. And so you angels, when you give of yourself, when you sacrifice to serve, to make the stuff get done, when you give those things up, you are the image of God. You are glorious. And you are shining like the sun. There's this bit in uh, one of the books that C.S. Lewis wrote um, where he's imagining heaven. And... uh, and so this, this observer gets a chance to take a tour of heaven. And as he's touring, there's this, this, this great fanfare where there's this, this trail of a woman who's wearing a crown. And there's people trumpeting her. And she's got a huge cloak. And, and, and she's obviously a queen. And, 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 and the, the guy looks at her and he's like, you're not the queen. That's not the queen of England. Who is that? And, and, and he's told that this woman was just some nobody who quietly served the poor around her for her whole life. Nobody knew her. Nobody cared about her. 
But she believed that was what God had called her to do, sacrifice her life for these people. And, 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 and now, this, this is, she was living the glorious life her whole life. And now, see what she is in eternity. Angels, that's you. Yeah. You say yes too much. Sometimes you're stressed out. Sometimes you ignore your own spiritual well-being. But when you give your life for the church and for the people of God and you ask for no credit, you are glorious. It's the last thing in your note sheets. By serving the church, our angels display to us in the world God's true glory. Due to the pandemic, we had to, uh, we had to shut down Volunteer Palooza uh, for a couple of years. And so we haven't done it. But it's coming up in September. We've calendared it, calendared it out. And <clears throat> Volunteer Palooza is the, is the time in the church where we get to celebrate our angels. Um, and, and three years ago when we had our inaugural Volunteer Palooza. Our our angel of the year uh, was Janelle Carson. And if you don't know her, uh, that's because Janelle keeps a super low profile. She never asks for credit. She doesn't care. But man, she's going to make sure that during Christmas, um, this place looks amazing. She's going to make sure that if anyone ever needs a hand to put anything onto, she's always going to be there. Yeah, she works three jobs. But her real job is being an angel. So you angels, make sure to come because we're going to celebrate three of you. 2020, 2021, 2022. And I know you hate it. You can't stand when we call you out. And man, you deserve it because you bring us the glory of God. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, thank you for giving us so many angels in this place. Thank you for their, their, their just love for your kingdom, their willingness to just give anything and everything. Thank you for the way that they display the glory of the cross every time they're overlooked, every time they're ignored. God, bless our angels and give hearts of love and encouragement so that all of us can, can join in in thanking them and honoring them. And Lord, may they have the wisdom to take a break every once in a while. In your name we pray, amen.